The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts and guests of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs broadcasted on this station. If you would like to know more about Valley Free Radio, please visit us at valleyfreeradio.org. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. We have special theme music in honor of St. Patrick's Day, and with me today, tonight, uh, not wearing green is George Claxton. But I am river dancing to the music. <laughs> oh, that would explain a lot. Uh, and Sue Timberlake. <laughs> Who's, who's wearing green? Yeah, but I had more green earlier. I changed for the show I, I to my was jeans. I wearing green earlier, yeah, but me I too. changed. Well, I'd forgotten it was St. Patrick's Day. Otherwise, I would have worn orange just to <laughs> just to be difficult. <laughs> oh, you Englishman. I, I really am. Protestant. Yes. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm not a believer now, but I was raised in the Episcopal Church, so... And and uh, I certainly was brought up to believe that the Irish aren't uh, difficult people. Yeah, no, not at all. If mom's listening, sorry. <laughs> Hi, mom. I hope mom is listening. I hope you're feeling better, mom. Yeah, hopefully the warm weather will be here soon. Yeah. Maybe not till next week, but. And yeah. Then it'll be a hundred degrees, and we can complain about that. And the daffodils—that's what I look for. The daffodils. Yeah, me too. And the calla lilies. <laughs> yeah. The calla lilies. <laughs> <laughs> and the crocuses. <laughs> So, um, welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. Uh, I'm Michael Dow, and uh, we'd love to hear from you, our listeners. And uh, you can do that in a few different ways. You can email us, which is civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. On Facebook, it's at, uh, sorry, on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio. That's our community. And also on Twitter, it's at civilpoliticsfm. Uh, and we also have a website, which is quite simply civilpoliticsradio.com, where you can listen to previous episodes of the show and see links that we click to and all kinds of things like that. So, uh, there's been some news this week. Really? Um, yeah. I think we're getting used to the Trumpisms because the most craziest things that happen don't trigger the same response that it did like a month ago. I, <laughs> I, I, I kind of, yeah, at the same time, just... It continues. Did, like, <laughs> like like that press conference he did with Ang- with Angela Merkel, I think today, was it, or yesterday? Today. Uh, today, where uh, he said, well, we have one thing in common. We were both wiretapped by the Obama administration. And it's like... Dead silence crickets? <laughs> yeah. Well, a few people sort of eventually started laughing because they're like, well, he believes it, but it's still funny. So yes, the the madness of Donald Trump. But I, I think it was more laughing at than with. And Angela Merkel looked tremendously uncomfortable. The, yeah. the problem is that it it keeps getting worse. You know, it started with Trump saying that President Obama wiretapped Trump Tower uh, to get at him during the campaign, and went from there to Kellyanne Conway saying that there are ways of turning microwaves into cameras. And then, Ooh, they missed that one. Yes. Yeah. P- 
people have been making fun of her for a week for that. Yeah. And then Sean she Spicer. She wasn't claiming to be a technical expert, but still, she's like, I don't know, turning microwaves into cameras. And it's like, well, no. one thing you well, well, can it's do worse, and actually it's worse than that, the though, CIA does. I was be- just going to. Because Sean Spicer then went on to say, well, yeah, there's absolutely no evidence that the NSA, the CIA, the DIA, or any of the other alphabet soup of intelligence groups did it. It was GCHQ, and for those of you who are not familiar with that, That's that British is intelligence. the government communications headquarters of Britain. They, it is the British version of oh, the NSA. Oh, that's the news thing that I saw, yes. but I, yeah. c- I couldn't find what it was. And, yeah. and yeah. in a truly unusual move, uh, GCHQ released uh, a response Saying Which that they the allegations basically are never do rubbish. Yeah. yeah. In fact, they said, and I quote: "Recent allegations made by media commentator Judge Andrew Napolitano about GCHQ being asked to conduct wiretapping against the then president-elect are nonsense. They are utterly ridiculous and should be ignored." So technical note, yeah. I you know I like Kellyanne Conway. Yeah, there is a technology where you bounce off glass to yes. pick up the sound, so you can oh, actually yeah, using listen. Lasers. Yep, we've, we've known about that. Well, for microwaves years. originally, but but yeah. but that is a technology where you can. Yeah, I think that was developed in the nineteen eighties, seventies, I think. But yes, yeah. and that is a form of wiretapping. So oh, in fairness it to Kellyanne a, Conway, I, there well, is it's a, a form of surveillance. It's it not is. a form of wiretapping. Well, Whatever. wiretapping in layman's terms means listening to voices. Yeah, yeah. No, so it's, it she, is absolutely a way of surveilling somebody yeah. listening to but their conversations and not being in the and room. It, and but no, people the, the people are so quick to um, to sure. just say it's ridiculous, and yet she may very well be speaking because in the Trump Tower. But in but the, Trump Tower, but in the yeah. Trump Tower, look at the glass. So if you oh, yeah. wanted to, if you wanted to listen to voices, you could easily focus on the glass. Again, that's not what she said. Well, I've, she I, said that microwaves could be turned into cameras. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And no. and I just I have I, to say I, that I don't yes we we I know agree. about this technology we've known about it for decades. well we <laughs> we know about it I'm not sure all our listeners I have a friend yet. who used to yeah. use it out at our summer place so wow. I'm a victim of so <laughs> such well, wiretapping so I, I don't, as it goes I don't think anybody expects used to work for the FAA oh okay. well I don't I don't <laughs> boys think, and their toys <laughs> I don't think anybody expects Kellyanne Conway to be an expert on on the on te- anything really well on the technology of wiretapping or surveillance but she was or probably trying to speak to the, there's a lot of people call it wiretapping that's a layman's term yep. but there's a lot of different technologies including and turning on I, your I, smart I, I tv well, and, enough, and, and and even, turning on your smart tv well and but the thing is <laughs> even granting all of that granting that like wiretapping in quotes as as, as the president <laughs> let's tweeted, just call it surveillance right it means surveillance in a broader term but the thing is uh any u.s government agency doing that needs a warrant Yes. That's not something well, they they are well, allowed to do. But and the president, Sam, does, Samsung well, does not because Samsung puts it in its privacy well, well, agreement. Well, when you buy their smart TV, Samsung can turn on your TV and record you. It's okay. perfectly legal at this moment. Wait, are you sure about yes. that? Is that like in their well, terms? There's well, three or, or four devices that in their privacy agreements that they they basically use it for data collection and marketing and blah 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 blah. But it's it's you've you've agreed to it when you purchase oh. a Samsung smart TV. Well, I TV. don't trust Samsung. I trust <laughs> Apple to, to keep me No, no, TV. Here. I said Samsung TV. You know, they the smart oh, TVs. Like the one I got from my mom. Yeah, there's three or four devices that have anyway. have been identified as a- being and anyway, bad so, well, corporate, sorry. That is a whole separate thing and <laughs> and, and maybe interesting to talk about, but just like 
like, regardless, like, President Obama, or any president, couldn't just order somebody to, to, to spy on somebody like that, electronically or, or otherwise. No, they'd and, have to get a FISA warrant or whatever. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and and if, if they did do it without a FISA warrant, that is a huge big deal, and there's no evidence for that. And that, I think, is, is well, the thing to keep so in mind. Well, be, beyond that, however, you also have the problem that making that accusation, accusing the former president of doing that, is a different sort of problem, legally speaking. Absolutely. Not to mention the fact that, one, there is absolutely no evidence that anybody was spying on Trump Tower, and even the Republicans have come out and said this rather strongly, including the head of the House Intelligence Committee, who said yesterday there is absolutely no evidence for this. Yeah. Plus, every single intelligence bureau, the Senate Intelligence Committee, and everybody else who has spoken to this has said this is ridiculous. And James Clapper said we don't survey the American public. Until in front of Congress. Revealed they did. So here's the question. However, there's still no evidence. And to say, well, yes, once upon a time somebody did this to somebody else isn't saying anything about this. Also, in terms of wiretapping... Donald Trump said specifically that Trump Tower was wiretapped. He said it five times. Yeah. He didn't say surveillance. He didn't say some other sort of thing. And I don't think it's rational for us to be... And he wrong. Well, yes. yes. I don't think it's rational for us to try to clean up his messes by saying, well, what he actually meant was, because I'm, there's been way too much of that I'm going not on. Doing that. The guy tells yeah. a lie. Spicer I, comes out and says, well, he didn't really mean that. Yeah, what he meant was this. But Even Angela e Merkel didn't. There was no FISA yeah. warrant for Angela Merkel's, Merkel's phone. Yeah, but they and Obama didn't time, order it. NSA was doing that on their own. Well, and they didn't, Exactly they didn't, my point. And the NSA can... And that's how people feel about the government however, right now. However, if you let me finish, the NSA is actually allowed to listen to foreigners. At least under U.S. law. I understand the Germans being upset about it. Yes. But it's not a violation of U.S. law to spy on foreigners because that's how what about we if, pay them to how do. How about if they're visiting somebody here in the U.S.? Uh, it depends I upon the circumstances. Know how, the, how, the law, how the law works there. If they are talking to them on the phone from another country, it's completely legal. If they are visiting so somebody in the United States... So that's probably how they caught Flynn, States, right? Yes, that yeah. is how they caught Flynn. Yep. Well, if, well, that's one of many ways in which they caught well, so Flynn. So if Donald was doing the same thing, they may have picked him up on a phone call to the Russians. If, they, if, he, if, was he, was. if he was talking to the Russians or the Chinese, particularly if he was talking to the FSB, the GRU, or Chinese secret police, absolutely, yes, they'd be listening in. I rest my case. However, <laughs> okay. that doesn't mean that he's being wiretapped. It means that the FSB is being wiretapped. And if the president-elect of the United States Depends is talking is, to, the is. FF, to the FSB, he's committing a crime. Well, well, I hope he has encrypted lines so well, he can talk to them in the future. Uh, you mean, you mean <laughs> as a government oh. official? I hope they have a little who, encryption. Who well, knows? As, as president of the United States, it's a very different thing than the president-elect. Well, yes. also, I think it's uh, like I, I don't want to spend a whole evening just talking about how crazy pants Trump is, but it is worth noting that like he's already demonstrated he's not very conscientious about national security stuff. Witness his. Evening meal with the Japanese Prime Minister oh, and, and Mar-a-Lago, <laughs> yeah. yeah, in which they were talking security matters 
in the open. Because they hadn't the set up one of those of little rooms that's... Oh, I th- it I was in the middle of a public dining room. He yeah. was surrounded by but, citizens. But normally what the president does is they set, they, when they go somewhere, they have a room that's insulated and, you know, screened well, and all I that. Don't know where they they, can, I thought they had set that up, but even if they hadn't, you know, like... He didn't use it. He, well, he, they did. They he does have a room like that, but um, be because it was an emergency they just didn't they just didn't think about it and they did yeah. and they were in front of a I lot of private citizens someone posted on facebook yeah about yes. it so there were people in yeah. the dining people room who were taking pictures with their telephones and in fact captured sound with the telephones yeah it's a learning uh <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much learning is going ben. on there. But let's 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 move on because I just like it's it's sort of mind-boggling to see just how uh irresponsible the president and his 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 administration can be when they talk about things that are important and things that that matter what they say but um you know move, moving on just beyond that like uh the uh secretary of state uh threatening North, North Korea? Korea? Yeah. yeah. It's a negotiating position. Well, good. It's a very bad negotiating position. So it's when ba- you start with "we're going to nuke you," that's not a good negotiating. Well, position. we're going to nuke you, and we're talking about putting up these milici- uh, missile interceptors, and yeah. that's basically a little threat to China to say either you do something about North Korea or we'll take action. Yeah, I I understand it. It's you've got to you've got to make statements like that to to create the environment. It, where no, you don't. Well, because it's a hollow threat. If you're if you're putting missiles in South Korea, saying we are going to attack North Korea, no, they're just they're um, defensive, and China's have a, a defense. Well, I, I, down I understand that, but China's yeah. but the truth fed. is yeah. the truth is that it would do nothing against North Korean artillery, which is an easy range of Seoul. Yeah, twenty miles. Okay. They could destroy the city of Seoul using regular munitions. And the anti-missile stuff would have no effect. So the anti-missile stuff is a threat to China, and China is upset about it. You guys so what you're doing is basically threatening China, and China can retaliate. Y- yeah, but, sure, you're, but thre- you're threatening, you're basically saying, look, this is where we're going to go. And you're getting their attention. Reagan used to do it all the time. I, I think it's fair to say. And that I would point out George. that North Korea is still, still went on to develop nuclear weapons. Sure. So, so all the stuff that Reagan did had z- zero effect. Um, one could argue that uh, the uh, I didn't mean with North Korea, I meant with others. But that the North Koreans developing nuclear weapons under the administration of George W. Bush doesn't necessarily indict the actions of the Reagan administration twenty years before. But and I'm not a fan. Well, of Well, they approach. they were they were working on it from that time on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm but making the argument that this is a very different style. This is look at what we're going to do. We're going to bomb you into smithereens, yeah. and then I get your I colleagues it, too, th- and then sit I down. I think it certainly is fair to say that this could be part of a perfectly s- rational and effective negotiating strategy. It absolutely could be, And George, it could start World War III in a heartbeat. It absolutely could. And I'm going to predict that we're going to be in World War III very shortly here. Oh, well, that's awesome. But I think this is his strategy, and I think that's because Tillers, they're yeah. all saying that there's well, no way that you my, could do this because of... My, my real concern is not that, like, this is part of a strategy or an approach to North Korea, whether you think it's stupid or not, George. You know, I think it's insane. Right. Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, like, it could be something that has been... Th- it could be part and parcel of something that's thought out and, and appropriate. Yep. But it is not... But I don't see any evidence that it is actually 
part of a larger plan or that there's there's like further steps or like a like a like an idea about like okay we say like by the way just don't forget we're the new people in town and we have a huge darn stick and, and we will hit you with it uh, we're not sure trump's not gonna do it as is right. nobody else in well the world. and sort of like the richard nixon approach like <laughs> i might just be crazy enough to drop nukes on north vietnam so maybe you guys want to talk to us yeah. uh, okay now i i'm not again i'm yeah. not a fan of nixon and i'm not sure how good a strategy that was but it was an actual strategy and it was actually part of a larger objective and you know horrible as henry kissinger was he wasn't you know an idiot you know what else they're doing to China? They're they're threatening to remove them from some of the yeah. international monetary funds, which yeah. would basically take them out of the. And that's I mean yeah. it's all part well, of the who, same. Who is threatening? Uh, Trump. Trump. Yeah. Except colleagues. that because Trump is not in the well, position. Mnuchin, to no, no, not somebody. the international monetary fund, but basically the, like accusing Indian, him of being a currency manipulator yeah, and, and, it, and causing problems for the so Chinese that they economy. can't have all the exchange rate and yeah. all that oh, stuff. I should just mention this is civil politics here in Valley Free. So Radio. they're Thank squeezing. They're like a python. They're like they're about to squeeze. These really well, powerful so people. My, my point is, my, my, all I'm trying to say is, yeah, this might actually be part of like uh, a strategy, which love or hate might a could actually be part of a, of a sensible fires? strategy. They're calling them now Trumpster uh, Well, fires? the thing is, I'm not seeing any particular evidence that there is actually like a guiding principle that the Trump administration, that Donald Trump has a particular plan for like really dealing with this. I don't think he's laid out a strategy. I don't see that Rex Tillerson, the Secretary of State, has laid out a strategy. Yeah, he's been very and, quiet. And since. Yeah, he's like I haven't seen any like press conferences, and more than that, he's desperately understaffed because yes. there's he doesn't have a deputy, he doesn't have you know the assistants and so you know like I forget exactly all the different gradations. But he does have other career people under him. But he has a lot of career people, but a lot of the people who but they're have, not in positions where they actually yeah. have control of anything. Or they're if the if the deputy undersecretary to the deputy undersecretary is in charge right now he doesn't have the power of the deputy undersecretary right he, he, if, so he, if he's just filling in temporarily you know whoever he or whoever he or she is you know like all the all the a lot of the career people have at the higher level organization flattened um well let me one sec like if a lot of the career people who did these jobs have actually been forced out do and the they work. have been they're gone just the and and yeah. upper echelon. Yeah. Well, at the well, actually, even lower yes. people left. Well, yeah. sure, but I mean, even at the upper echelon, a lot of those people were career diplomats who actually did things. They weren't just sitting there, you know, building paperclip chains. They were actually doing diplomacy and talking to foreign governments. And so, you know, it matters that they're not there. And so Tillerson is like there without any of the support staff that actually makes the State Department do its diplomacy job. So what does an organization flattening mean? I mean, how does that apply? It's called re-engineering because you wipe out the middle three levels of management and you actually get to the people who actually do the job. And it and it's really quite effective, but it looks horrible from the outside. Well, well it's, it's quite effective if you're in a corporation somewhere and people's lives aren't depending on it. It doesn't work in government. They do if it in hospitals out, sometimes. Well, yes, but hospitals aren't government. No, but if you take people out rely the three on them levels of middle management in the State Department, you've just wiped out the people who actually do the job. See, uh, the people under them are the people who are doing visas. They are the people who are doing investigations of people who want to come into the country. They're not people who are doing I, the I, I specialists in every country. I, There's yes, I would yes, but I, they're not the people that you're talking about the specialists are the people in that middle management role I would I would actually draw a uh, a, a contrast like your point about hospital administration about which I know <coughs> basically nothing um, <laughs> so I'm not prepared to gain see you in any way that may be something that has been done and hospitals are certainly high-stakes environment where people live and die so 
obviously that matters and i'm like i'm just gonna accept flat out that what you said is is true and that this happens at least sometimes in blue, hospitals and it's positive there's blue a cross and blue shield did it in massachusetts they took out 38 vice presidents Oh well, thirty-eight. Well, vice presidents. <laughs> vice presidents knows. are middle management. Everybody knows vice presidents don't do anything. I, I'll, I'll, give, I'll, I'll give you an example. I used to work at a newspaper. Yeah. The newspaper decided they were going to get rid of the publisher, and have somebody else off-site work as the publisher, and got rid of editors. Well, editors and is a different thing. See, editors I don't, I don't know what a publisher does at a newspaper. Well, publishers do a variety of things, including the basic planning for economics and whatnot of the, of the, of the body itself. Now, if you were to take out the publisher and have somebody else do the publisher's job, as long as they're doing the same job, that's fine. Now, imagine what happens when you remove the reporters. See, you can't remove you the no reporters. Those are the direct people those are the people the actually paper. do the work right so so the point i, I want to make is the state department isn't the same as a hospital i mean a doesn't do health care but i mean beyond that it, it's not the same because a lot of what happens in diplomacy there's sort of low level the state department does a lot of little stuff like here's passport here's your visa you know whatever um but it's also, um, you know, or like, here's your report so that you can go and talk to somebody. And USAID. Yeah. And all that. But there's a lot of sort of middle stuff where like, hey, so our government is talking about this new trade policy. You know, we go and talk to like five other countries that we're talking about doing this with. What do they think? How's it work? There's a lot of these negotiations that happen, and those happen at different levels of government. And there are things where it's like, oh, you know, uh, uh you know, we're concerned that they've done this thing that's going to ch- affect how college students uh, are handled when they travel from America to this country. You know, uh, I've just heard this complaint about it. You know, as the Secretary of State, somebody just complained to me and I have to pay attention. So you go find out about that. And that gets kicked down the chain until like an appropriate level handles that. If you knock out those middle links, like it's really hard for the State Department to do all those things it does. Are you sure? Yes, I am absolutely sure, because I know people who work with the State Department and and are in that middle management position. And I was going to say, yes, actually, I do have a friend who works at the State Department and uh, who works. And they are the people. See, you're biased, because you both have friends who work in the State Department. (laughs) Well, my my, middle management position is where the work gets done. See, my my friend is, uh, uh, well, I should have said upper, upper, because it's the the appointees that he doesn't have. He has all the, he has everybody else. He just No, a lot of those people left. A a number of the people have left. So, and, and even, and the appointees. Appointees, you know, still handle an awful lot of yes. like, you know, and the other the other comparison I wanted to make is to an organization that is another government organization, EPA? <laughs> NASA. Oh, good. Point. NASA is huge. And um, I actually I, I'm certainly not an expert on NASA, but I've read a bit about NASA because I went to grad school and studied the history of science. And so uh, reading about NASA was one of the things I was interested in. Um, and so, for example, there's a great book. I forget the author's name, but it's called The Challenger Launch Decision. Oh, Have you read that book? N- I I haven't, it's but fantastic. I've heard about it. Yeah. So it's basically talking about the 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 whole chain of events that led up to the disastrous final mission of the Challenger and the disaster that uh, the accident that killed everybody. Um, and part of the point, part of why that happened, is because the space shuttle is an amazingly was I mean or whatever you know thermal like, shock and an O ring that couldn't be shocked in that temperature yeah 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 exactly right? that was the specific that's a specific problem but the space shuttle is an enormously huge and complex 
piece of machinery. There's a whole ton of different systems, and nobody knows how it all works. But those nobody, engineers nobody, complained. No, no. Uh, <laughs> It's and they way more complicated than that. <laughs> I, I can't get into that, and we have to go to a break in a few minutes. But here's the thing. You need those engineers to be able to get to the top. Well, the thing is the engineers can't get to the top because the thing is they report to their manager. They've got a tweet. <laughs> it doesn't – It. so, Sue, so the point is, like, like so a, as this book makes it really clear, it can't work that way. It is too complicated. Even, you know, like people like Neil Armstrong and Sally Ride were on the Challenger Committee investigating the whole thing, you know. And, and she stopped being an astronaut after right, that. Did right. you notice that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and they were involved in all of this. She went to work for Stanford You know, like they're not, you know, they're not stupid people. They know, they have experience with spaceflight and spaceships. And they don't understand how all of this stuff works. They don't know how all the pieces work. You can't. That you cannot. It is too much information. But it's too complex. Reagan said so go. please <laughs> let me finish. Sorry. Um, <laughs> which and they basically you have to have these different levels of manager. There has to be like a division for rocket boosters, and there have to be managers who oversee the various parts because there's so much going on, and it has to be filtered down like that. And so you get to the point where you've got decisions being made at levels by people, none of whom understand the, all the details of the things they're talking about. But they trust the pe they manage the people who do, and they trust those people, and they have to put all that together, and they make the decision. And obviously, say with the Challenger, that went horribly wrong. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't work. I mean, NASA's launched a lot of stuff that has worked and that has been successful. SpaceX they got too, and what's the other company that's launching uh, space shuttles right oh, now? Oh, I forget. SpaceX and. I can't think of the other Not All of those people, by the way, were trained at NASA. Right. So my, my point is, like, that approach where, like, you go, like, oh, like a upper senior manager, what, what do they really do? We could cut them out. It's like, you really can't when it's something that complicated. Now, the space shuttle, not the same as the State Department, but there are a lot of moving parts, and we have to deal with a lot of different countries. So I'm just saying, like, like a flattening approach, maybe it could work at the State Department. Makes you fast and lean. But I'm really, well, it, it I'm dubious because sometimes it, does, and sometimes it destroys the organization. Well, and and and, and again, a corporation is not a government, and you yep. cannot treat a government like a corporation. They don't work the same. They don't have the same goals, and they don't have the same way of measuring their effectiveness. And the stockholders own them, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, the stockholders are taxpayers. Sorry, right? Yeah. Well, and so that's <laughs> that's the thing. There is no relationship between a taxpayer and a stockholder. They they None. may overlap, so, but well so like the the, the I guess the point I'm is it time I, for a break I'm like sweating over here yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so put you on the hot seat um so but I guess like so so I do my best no I I think you're doing fine I'm interested like the idea of flattening an organization is an interesting one to me yeah. like I I think um. Trump has a lot of experience with a privately held corporation. He's basically run a family business, and they've started other sort of subsidiaries and whatnot. But they didn't produce anything. They're a real estate company. They're right. not a, they're well, not they a might build things. Well, but they sell a brand, really. They yeah. don't really do real estate. Anymore. They, yeah. they just sell the name. But Trump he used has to do sheetrock. Right. And he has done construction, so it's not like he has no experience ever with managing people, companies that made things. But nevertheless, the experience of how that works is, is different, and the metric, I mean, ultimately, how does he measure whether or not, like, this project worked. Did Money. I? Make, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like, you know, like a project that costs the United States $500 million, but like, like if basically we're paying, say, I'm, I'm being hypothetical here, but like the, well, actually, how about North Korea? We send them food aid and that costs us money. 
Like, but what's the point of that? Well, in part, it's basically a bribe to North Korea to, to behave themselves, to at least somewhat. bomb the crap out of Seoul. Right. And, I mean, it, you can argue about the efficacy of whatnot, and you can, you can, you can point a, say a whole bunch of things about it. But it is, nevertheless, something where, like, if you measure it in terms of money, it's $500 million were out. But on the other hand, it's... How much are we saving, or what are we avoiding? Like the metrics are totally. But you're different. allowing Actually, you, them you, to reproduce. You brought <laughs> oh, you brought up dear. an interesting point <laughs> here, Frank. Yeah. And, I had a Trump moment. And yes. in, in terms of that, I'm sorry, George. I'm sorry. I, what was the first part? What you, you said? brought up an interesting point there. Oh no! Could you say that bit again? <laughs> because uh, one more time, in, please. In, Slowly. In the new budget. They're talking about how they want to, uh, how they want to cut all funding for foreign aid. Right. And they're saying, well, Head you know, a hundred million dollars going to foreign aid. Wait, we could use that in Appalachia. Well, first of all, that hundred million dollars isn't just put in a box and sent overseas. Yeah, it is. What they I've do, seen the box. It's big. Because <laughs> they no, do it all was, in, what they no, do. No, no, the guys don't know this. They do it all in nickels. <laughs> <laughs> what they do is Sorry, send George. a bunch of tractors to africa for example yeah. but those tractors aren't made in africa those tractors are made in indiana they're made by john deere and then they were put on a ship run by americans and shipped to africa so all of that money is actually staying in the united states it's just a subsidy for American corporations. No, and also, foreign aid includes the, what is it, $2 billion a year we give Israel to subsidize the military? I was just going to say Israel. Yeah. And Egypt. Egypt also receives, or I don't know if they still do, but they used to receive huge amounts of money to yeah. subsidize their military. I'm before not sure the what's coup. going on with that. Yeah, yeah. before the coup. I think they Which still coup? get it. Yeah. I, yeah, I think they still get it. But. So so there's a lot going on there. Oh, and it's time for us to, to take a short break, uh, play some PSAs and other announcements. Um, Thank goodness. Yeah, sorry, Sue. <laughs> I didn't mean to put you on the spot there. Oh, I was no, just it's like, fine. I, know I was, was like, talking over both of you. So, well, we were all talking <laughs> over each other, yeah. and that's not good because I'm the only one who gets to. <laughs> Don't cut my mic. <laughs> yeah. I'm the only one. Oh yes, yeah, so yes, fearless. Sir. Uh, and we'll be back there. right after this important and commercial message. Stefan hasn't said a word. What? What George said. We'll be right back with more civil <laughs> politics here on Valley Free Radio. Don't go away. We'll be back shortly. Classical music on Valley Free Radio. Tune in to Andy Musique Wednesday mornings at 7 a.m. for an hour of beautiful music to start your day. Hosted by Lucy and Larry. Have you always loved to read but find it hard to do these days? Forbes Library offers a variety of alternatives to keep you reading long into the night. A large selection of large print books, audiobooks, and easy-to-use e-books and e-audiobooks are available to borrow. You will find bestsellers, classics, and nonfiction offerings. Forbes Library is now affiliated with the National Library Service to provide audiobooks, magazines, and even the daily news for people with vision loss, difficulty holding traditional book or newspaper formats, and for people with certain learning disabilities. Our staff is happy to help you find just the book in just the right format. Call 413-587-1013 to find out more. Hi, my name's Leo, and I use he, him, his pronouns. Hi, my name's AJ, and I use they, them, theirs pronouns. Did you know that sex is your biology and gender is how you identify? You can't assume someone's gender. Based on their clothes. Based on their hair. Based on their voice. Who they hang out with. Who they're attracted to. My gender isn't your business. Ask me my pronouns! 
Brought to you by the PVPA Student Group for Gender, Sexuality, and Diversity. Well, there's the first oscillator keyboard. 70s funk. I gotcha! 80s new wave. 90s trip hop. Or today's electronic music. Subculture plays the music to get your weekend started. For the best in new wave, indie, funk, and electronic music, tune in to Subculture right here on Valley Free Radio every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. Hey, this is Blue Streak. I'm the host of the show with BS, the newest addition to the WXOJ lineup. You can hear us Mondays at 11 p.m. for the best overnight radio you'll ever hear on a, on a Monday night. We'll talk about everything that's relevant to us. Music, movies, TV, games, and whatever else happens to spill out of the piñata that is my head. Monday nights, 11 p.m. here on XOJ. For all the music and news that nerds can use, it's the show with BS on WXOJ. I Heart J-Rock with DJ Sakura is on Saturday mornings at 12 to 2 a.m. on WXOJ LP 103.3 FM in Northampton. And you can stream us on valleyfreeradio.org. I Heart J-Rock will be playing rock music from Japan, uh, J-Rock, J-Pop, and some DK. Uh, if you like that stuff, give my show a listen, please. And also follow me on Twitter at DJ Sakura 666. Thank you. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP, 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm still Michael Dow. I'm still with Susan Timberlake and George Claxton. And we'd still love to hear from you. Uh, Valley Free Radio, uh, I'm sorry, Civil Politics Radio at valleyfreeradio.org, uh, at Civil Politics FM on Twitter, facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio. Also, there's a contact form on the website now. <gasps> which is oh. quite simply civilpoliticsradio.com. That I just made 20 minutes ago. Oh, sweet. Ah. Or, of course, you can simply contact us through our microwave, which <laughs> is in the outer <laughs> office. No, the w- there's no good window here to bounce it off. So, <laughs> Actually, if you do it right, I'm sure I can pick it up with my fillings. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you wear your Faraday cage uh, aluminum foil hat, you will be good. Oh, <laughs> Thanks. Can you tell me how to make one? <laughs> I will. I will. After yeah. the show. Yeah. Tinfoil hat. Uh, I knew I could count on, count on the Republicans to help me with that. Ha ha! Zing! <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the ranch. <laughs> yeah, so, so George. Uh, oh, yeah, we cut him off. Well, I, I, I said, hey, we're going to take a break. But you were talking about the the federal budget that the Trump administration has proposed, yes. which is a humdinger of a super awesome document. And I it's think just a target, right? I mean, everybody knows it at, still has to go well, through yes, the process. At, at and this, it's, at this it's point, certainly not detailed. Uh, apparently, according to most of the members of Congress, this thing was dead on arrival. There are certain things about it that they like, particularly the group that calls themselves the Freedom Caucus, which is the Tea Party wing of the Republican Party. Uh, they like the cuts to everything, but they're not happy about the spending elsewhere. And Well, what are they unhappy about? Uh, well, they don't think that there's enough cuts to enough programs. They don't like the idea of spending on infrastructure programs. They don't like the idea right? of yeah. spending on all of the military programs that have been proposed. An additional $54 billion has been proposed 
to be added to the $350 billion uh, military budget that we already have. Is that the 9% increase or 9 yes. point something percent? Actually, yeah, it's, a, it's a about 9% increase. And I think it's actually like it's – I think it's closer to $500 billion is the – Yeah, US something is, like that. Because that's why it's 9%. Yeah. yeah. I, I – get lost in the billions of dollars, you know, <laughs> a billion here, a billion there, there. you're talking sooner, real money. Sooner or later, you're talking about real money. That was uh, a Harry yes. Truman, I think, said that, except but, <laughs> Harry Truman said it as a million here, a million there, because it was the 40s. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, $54 billion is the proposal to be added to the military budget, and there are people even in the Pentagon who don't want it. They're saying we really don't well, need that. Well, our debt service is um, pretty much equal to our GNP at the moment. I think it just came very close to 100%. Well, I, I, and I <laughs> yeah, which is a huge I- thing to think huge. about. Huge, and sure. I heard that, so I hope I have that right. I might not. Well, well keep in mind that part of what they want to spend the money on is building new fleets. The problem with that, of course, is that, okay, you spend a few hundred million dollars building a new cruiser, but you now have to put a crew on the cruiser, which costs money. You have to operating provide them costs, with food. Yeah. There's operating costs for the ship itself. And wha- so this is going to be an ongoing well, cost. And all, like, I don't want to say that there's no cause for us to be building new warships ever or anything like that. Um, I'm, 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 I, I hate violence, but I'm not a pacifist. But at the same time, like, I, I, like what's wrong with the ships we have? <laughs> Because China has one more? Uh, They don't. (laughs) That's the thing. We already spend more than the next 11 countries combined. combined. That includes China and Russia. And And a bunch of our NATO allies. But on individual individual items, I think some people are getting close to our our count. Maybe so. And we can't have that, I guess. Maybe so. Well, (laughs) China has one, count them, one aircraft carrier, and they're still on the shakedown cruise. They don't even know how to work it yet. Well, they'll figure it out. But regardless, the, 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 uh, I think the point is that uh, cyber warfare is much scarier to me. Well, th- and the Trump administration proposed a $54 billion increase in the def- Department of Defense, but they didn't really say what it was going specifically for. Like, I can I can understand, like, like whatever. Like, I can understand any proposed spending increase if you actually, ha- like, or maybe I won't agree with it, but I will at least be able to see what you're talking about if you tell me what it's for. But Trump just basically said, we're going to spend more on defense because we need to rebuild our depleted military. And it's not. No. So, our, our mili- so it's headlines. Our military the is budget strong is headlines. As, yes. Which is, That's basically what it comes down which to. Which is certainly Trump's approach. Well, and it's to give Congress, because Congress is the one that really initiates the budget. Oh, it's yeah. to tell them what direction to go in. In what departments? Yeah. So that's kind of what he's doing. And that's already we, we've heard people from the Trump administration say, well, Meals on Wheels doesn't really serve a purpose. And those school lunches, that doesn't really work. Well, he, what he specifically said about Meals on Wheels was it sounds great, but does it actually work? And, you know, but if you have anybody on Meals on Wheels, you know how good right. a program it is. And, yes. and, and you know, like, like, what do you get for that money? Well, you get people who are fed. <laughs> well, not, not just fed, but for some and of these elderly people. And they don't reproduce because they're elderly. This is, the yeah. on, these, this is the only human contact they have during yeah. the day. The so Meals on Wheels people them. drive up and actually talk to them as they're handing them the meal. Yeah, and, and, and spend time with them. Yeah. yeah. This the post is, office does that too, by the way. Yeah, and this is this for is a lot of elderly. and as this is something that I've become more conscious of. I mean, I uh uh you know, uh my mom's been sort of uh, ill and you know, had to spend more time in the house and 
people coming to visit. They get frail or they don't feel is, well. Is they can't get deal. out. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So my grandmother had to drop her Wall Street Journal um, subscription because she couldn't go down the steps and pick it up. So there uh, actually was a case just the other Sorry. day in East Hartford in which a three-year-old spent several days alone in the house with oh, the body of her that. mother. I saw that. Until oh, no, somebody, I didn't hear about that. Until That's somebody horrible. from and the school came to find out why the kid hadn't been coming to preschool. Oh, that's And terrible. they knocked on the door and the kid answered and there the, was kid a dog living, too, right? the kid had been living off of cereal for several days. Sure. And the mother was in yep. the bedroom dead. That's so terrible. Yeah, and there, I think there was a dog in the house too, because one of the neighbors said they'd heard the barking or the TV, and they wished I, they'd gone up, and they heard I the kid crying. I, I never yeah. read anything about a dog yeah, being horrible. there, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, and for an elderly person, they may not have somebody in the house that somebody's going to come looking I, for. I used to have this fear that I would, uh, you know trip over something in my dorm room when I was in college as a senior and was living in a single room uh, that I'd trip over something and f- hit my head on the on the on the bureau and you know and die in my dorm room on a on a Monday and nobody would really notice until like people wondered why I didn't show up for the D&D game on Saturday <laughs> you know <laughs> well a lot of seniors have that fe- all kidding aside a lot of seniors have that fear yeah. And especially if they live alone. I understand or that fear. There's all these call trees. There's all these things that are going on that people are trying to make like, sure. Like that I said, I, I, I understood that when I was 21. Yeah. <laughs> You're I, way ahead. Which was time. a few years ago now. <laughs> I, I would point out that FEMA actually has specific teams that go out and look for elderly people oh, right. a disaster. after a disaster. Yeah. Right. So all of these, so like at... We, we do not, however, have FEMA camps. Sorry, guys. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> what a shame. Um, but we do. I'm just kidding. I'm yeah. just being a jerk. Yes, about Valley Free Radio has has <laughs> their <laughs> own camps, and they're going to put people in no, the camps. No, I meant Republican, not Valley Free. Oh, and as, make as them play shuffleboard. As director of operations, shh. <laughs> Stop it. Okay, that's hilarious. Let's Everybody move on. Everybody will be raided. <laughs> You're listening to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. More or less. Um, we're not always funny. We just keep trying. Um, <laughs> yes, you're but, hilarious. But, but um, Trump has really outlined the demise of the administrative state. Well, and and a well, lot the of the demise of the government. Basically. Well, and a, a lo- a, like a lot of things that that we need the government doing. Like I think it, I think it was a thirty percent cut at the National Institutes of Health. Uh, basically, the destruction of like the abolishment and of the CDC. Uh, uh, of the Centers for Disease Control and, the and Prevention, arts right? And the, the, the abolish, abolishing the National Endowment for the National Arts, Public Radio, the yeah, yeah. Um, Corporation the for the Public National Broadcasting, Endowment for the Humanities, yeah. the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Yeah, and these are all like these things don't cost that much money overall. I think it's like two bucks a person for these yeah. things. But he's not touching yeah. Social Security, Medicare, and those those are like forty percent of the. Oh, there he, he is going to touch Medicaid, out, however, though. He is going to touch that, Medicaid. That those aren't actually paid for in general taxes social security is paid for by the social security tax it doesn't affect the budget actually it's, it's except it's, for when it's going to be a little money, short yes. when they well, steal money from well, but there's it two has issues. dedicated funding yeah there's there's one there's ious in there which is a problem but also the it's you mean government savings bonds <laughs> and then yeah actually they're pretty secure i guess yeah. and the <laughs> and the other thing is that they um they said that people paid in an average of 100 and i think it's 170,000 dollars and they take out about $800,000. So people aren't funding themselves anymore. Because I no. know they say about the two workers, but it used to be that you actually funded your own Social Security. Now it's a little, it used to be pay as you, you know, 
you'd pay for yourself, and now they're starting to move it around. Well, a we may bit. need to rethink how, but some not of the for fifteen or twenty years. Well, we we may need to rethink uh, the specifics yeah. of how it works. And that actually, you were talking about Medicaid, and that sort of gets into the other big Medicaid for the poor, care for the elderly is their plan not to touch it. From what right. I understand, and th- but that also gets into the other thing where, like, this is sort of the the budget sort of locks in with the proposals for reforming our healthcare system. Yeah, the cap on Medicaid and the expansion of Medicaid and yep. And right. so it actually costs money to get rid of Obamacare. Oh, well, it costs that, a lot of money. That yeah. that's part of it. And it, and And 24 million people will according to the OMB lose their health care right. if the GOP plan yeah. And 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 let's be clear, the Office of Management the, the Congressional Budget Office is actually nonpartisan. It's nonpartisan. Now they're not. Well, both the CBO and the OMB right. did an analysis. Right, yeah. but the CBO was the one I heard with 24 million people. But regardless, the OMB point, said the same. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, great. So I think it's 17 million, like in the first year or two, and then I heard by 20, I heard 14 million. Yeah, in the first by 20 year or two. Yeah. by 2020 is 24 so, million. So if people but are trying they, to, but it's, it's they do a, save we get 354 billion dollars overall, but that's mostly because people won't care. have <laughs> care and. Thousands of people will die, and so it'll be a lot less expensive. Which has its own costs and problems. So, but it's just worth noticing that, noting that the Congressional Budget Office is by no means omniscient or infallible. It's hard but to predict what people are going to do. It is like they've certainly, especially b- Americans. They've certainly, you know, like estimates they've made in the past have 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 certainly been off the mark. But a, they're the best there is that we have. B, they are f- nonpartisan, so. You know, like their scoring has been long been sort of the benchmark we measure all these things by. And their track record is decent. You know, like like they may be they may not have the exact numbers, but they're usually not like, well, it'll be a 50 million dollar increase and it's actually a 20 million dollar loss or whatever. You know, they're they're usually not wholly wrong. Um, So it's significant that the CBO and I guess also the Office of Management Budget, which is the executive branch, is it not? Um. I it, think it's under the under the president. Yeah, I think yeah. it's the president's office. So, but you know, it also has to do this work as well. Um, so it's significant that they uh, have uh, like like one of the reasons why Obamacare people have been talking about the success or failure of the Affordable Care Act in part has been to compare it with the uh, the estimates made by the Congressional Budget Office in the run up to actually passing the law, and you know, like. Uh, uh, the estimates about Obamacare were like, oh, well, it will do a lot of good. And some people are arguing about whether or not uh, it's actually hitting those targets, whether it's actually achieving those ends it was predicted to have. But nevertheless, the prediction was it will do good. More people will be covered. Right. Maybe it hasn't done as much good as predicted, but it is still doing good. You know, the CBO's estimate for uh, this new plan of Paul Ryan's and Donald Trump's is that it's going to do a lot of damage. So, like, well, the one thing <laughs> is that it maybe it won't do as much damage. It helps but it's the deficit. Damaged. And I forget what the, the dollar amount is, but it decreases the deficit. The, the deficit still, or the debt? The deficit, I think, is the, because the deficit has gone down. The deficit quite a has lot already since Obama yeah. came well, into office. And, and to be, he, he dropped the deficit by something like two thirds. And as a reminder for those of you who get confused about the terminology, uh, the deficit is the year is the amount by which the federal government's national debt increases every year. Like the deficit is the amount we're running short. The national debt is the total amount of money we've borrowed and not yet paid back over the course of our country's history. It's worth noting that the national debt pretty much doubled under George W. Bush. 
Yes, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, like increased massively. Um, because he put Under through Reagan the, too, I think. Right, yes. but Bush Bush really blew it up because Bush too. Bush yeah. too yeah. cut taxes enormously <gasps> and then wars. pushed through, put, started two wars and pushed through Medicare Part D, which was you know the unfunded mandate. So you know this is uh, th- this is not exactly a a, a good idea uh, for a way to solve that problem to like basically you know, make a lot of people sick and, and die because those have enormous costs too that have yes. tremendous economic ripples and those I, ultimately are going to hurt government revenues. I, I would also like to point out that people spend a lot of time talking about, well, you know, my family has a budget and my family has to pay its debts and things, blah, blah, blah. Which is true. Except that the country isn't your family and the country doesn't run like a family and shouldn't run like a family. Tell the Trump administration. <laughs> And well, yes, but that's a different problem. We'll, we'll talk about. Oh my goodness! We'll talk about Kushner and China. In a, in in a, a sense, while. the Trump family now has a license to print money. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's right. Um, so, but, so my figure is. Oh, sorry. If, if I may finish. finish, part of the problem is that your family can't print money. The government can. Your family cannot draw upon all production in the country. The U.S. government can. When we're talking about a national, right we're there. talking about national debt. What we're talking about is the entire value of everything in the United States, every piece of land, every house, every car, every pogo stick, and all of the production of everybody in the United States. That's what we're talking about. It's not like we're going broke here, folks. Well, and that number that I said earlier, I found my note here. It was it was a C-SPAN thing. They were talking about it, but. Um, the debt to GDP came close to 100% this year. As in sort of the amount we the nation produces every year is about equaled by the amount of money we owe. So that means we're certainly leveraged. But that doesn't <laughs> – and, and that is significant. That's but on like the other not hand, just leveraged. That's not five times. That's, you know – Well, no, that's, 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 that's certainly a, a, a big leverage. On a the concern. other hand – Well, it is. But on the other hand, a lot of other nations owe a lot more than their G- GDPs. And um, Greece, for example. Well, <laughs> well, Greece is not a, exactly a great example, but yeah. yeah. So we're in well, trouble also financially. Spain, I mean, that's Britain, Japan, Germany. That's that's the argument is that we've put ourselves in trouble, and so what do you spend? Well, but and Germany's if, in the same trouble. And if um, so, I don't know. I mean, like, is the German economy doing badly? I don't think Germany owes yeah, they 100% do. of their gross national gross uh, national All right, product. actually, we should check this. My understanding yeah. is they do, but I I, I think we're in slim company, but we could be wrong. Wait, um, what? Does Germany? What's the amount of uh, Germany's national debt relative to its uh, gross GDP. domestic product? GDP. Could you look that up? <laughs> Go and do your work now. <laughs> what, did, Run the, along. Run and along. we'll all look it up for next week. See, if our master again. <laughs> Germany's national debt. How much? What is it? What percentage of their gross domestic product is it? So you could say. Go to worldbook.gov. That's the CIA website. They'll have it. Yeah. Yeah. So 40% of the budget right now in the U.S. 78%. Okay. So so theirs is less. All right. You're killing me. But still, 78% is still a huge amount. Yeah. And ours used to be like. 20 or 16. Well, our, our, well yes. No, that was seven, a long time In 1789. Ago. <laughs> but anyway, 40% But ours was of like our when Reagan was president? Yeah, it was about 80%. So 40% of the budget is Social Security and Medicare. Right. 40%. Yeah. So that leaves you 60% to do something else with. Right. And Bush is slashing everything but the military. You mean Trump? I, Trump. I mean, sorry, Trump. 
Bush three. Yeah, let, let's <laughs> not three. let's not blame Bush for everything that Trump does. Um, yeah, and 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 Trump's approach is that he wants to put more money into the most wasteful, least accountable, and least productive element of the federal budget. The Department not, not of Defense. Not to mention the fact no, that he wants a lot to of build the tax business. cuts that he uh, is proposing will go to the richest people in America. All right. He's wor- working on the top line and the bottom line. He's basically saying we got to stop spending so much more money. We got to be safe, but we also have to make sure that the the money stays here for the U.S. and doesn't see, it doesn't go overseas. And we build businesses and we build roads and we see if Trump we were, rev if, everything up. If we Trump get was actually up. a good manager, if he actually was what he pretended, if he could to be. do that, that would be amazing. Right. But if Trump actually except were, of course that there's no sign that he can. Right. If he were actually the it's good manager, it's only day forty. If he were actually the good manager, is it day forty? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. That he pretends to be, that he pretended to be to get elected. Um, among other things, he would be looking for ways to squeeze the Department of Defense's budget to get the same results. That's what you do if you're actually concerned well, about. Well, not it. Only maybe that, he's going to use it to threaten people in negotiations. Keep in mind that the United States government feeds corporations three hundred and fifty-two billion dollars a year. In, gov- in government subsidies. Yeah. The oil industry alone gets $10 billion a year in subsidies. Let's and we're talking it. about corporations that are already making horrific amounts of profit. Yeah. If Not you the horrific, most profitable wonderful amounts If you of want profit. to save money... Not horrific. I own stock, and it's horrific. <laughs> if, you, if you want to save money, the first thing you do is cut corporate welfare. So if if you're not a progressive, because your heart will um, blow up if you read this, there's a right. there's a story. You're pro business Republican, so yeah, so, so it so says drop some Trump's truth. budget asked the right questions for conservatives. It was printed today, and it's in Bloomberg, okay. and it's an article, and I'll give the link to sure. to John. Russell. So sum it up for us there. What, what do you think is? Um, well, it's basically what I've been saying is that he's trying to rev up the rev up the economy, get us into a more positive position. You know, threaten our enemies. You know, do all these things. The question is, can he actually do it? But they were just making why why some people are stalling at this. I think they still don't have enough votes for Obamacare. But yeah. but what he's trying to do, he said he was going to do, and and there's earmarks of it that you can see. The question is, it, would it be successful? Will it? I think it might create World War Three. But <laughs> which you know, is, I, say, I think it would be pretty much inevitable. Wh- which yeah. which is also bad for business because but I'm he, an he's, unusual been busi- he's been busily insulting our friends and threatening our enemies. Except for the enemies that fund him, Russian, yeah. like sure. Russia and China. And, and I apologize. And China, by the way, uh, a very shady Chinese real estate corporation that has been prevented from buying property in the United States before, just gave four hundred million dollars to Jared Kushner's family. Well. So I apologize to, to George because I said we knew about China and his relationship, but we didn't know about Russia. And now we know there's like 93 people that yeah. Yeah, Russians I, I, that I, have. I didn't know about Russia. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, and I apologize for questioning that. Well, it's it's perfectly reasonable to question. Just hey, now here's more information. You go, oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> that, that's how these discussions are supposed to work. Yeah. Like they're 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 actual like. We can agree on facts. We can find yeah. information and, and say. And I never saw that fact before today. Well, so and, and like and this resolved questions that I had. Like I'm not sure you're right. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
I don't know. Just, I we think j- Reuters or somebody tracked it down. So we, we just modeled what civil politics is about in a tiny little nutshell there. And that's a great way to end because it is time to wrap chocolate up. Chocolate for all. Chocolate for all. Well, chocolate for all because you were kind enough to bring us some chocolate eggs. Thank pagan you. Egg. Pay, yeah, pagan pagan eggs. Pagan eggs. <laughs> chocolate. Chocolate the pagan. Vernal equinox. <laughs> well, and that's a, that's a great time. Love the vernal equinox. So, um, uh, John, do you have anything you want to add? No. <laughs> Good night. Sweetheart. Don't sit there expectantly when by the mic, then. Um, so, thank I'm you just all. Waiting for you to, to say <laughs> goodnight. That's all. Just that's a wrap. Just start. Pu- just start punching me until I stop. But you oh, enjoy crap. that. He's cracking his knuckles. Right. So that's all tonight for civil politics here on Valley Free Radio. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, stay tuned for Subculture coming up in just a few minutes with a really awesome blend of music, uh, including a lot of uh, 90s uh, alt and electronica, which I really love. It would be great to hear more of that. So um, anyway, that's all for Civil Politics tonight. We'll be back more to talk about uh, politics and things next week. Thank you for listening. Good night. <laughs>